Hello friends, welcome back to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode with Justin Foster. Uh, some of you may know him by his Instagram handle, Foster Thinking. Uh, a couple years ago, my wife Lindsay and I stumbled across his Instagram profile, or he did ours, or something or other. We crossed paths on InstaWorld, and it was actually with a different Instagram handle that I originally connected with Justin. It was a handle called Common Conversations, and that was a little project my wife Lindsay and I did, uh, just talking about relationships and marriage and parenting and things like that, just common conversations that we have. Um, it's not going any longer uh, because I'm an Enneagram 7 and I love to start things, and then I just like to start more things. <laughs> so it is still available if you want to go look at common conversations, but at any rate, that is the profile that I originally connected with Foster Thinking. Um, and so Justin and I have slowly but surely become Insta friends over the couple years. And after quite some time, it just became apparent to me that I had to get this guy on a podcast talking about his story because it's just been so amazing to see it uh, like handwritten <laughs> on his Instagram. And so uh, I'm excited to, to get jumping right into that. I'm not going to take too much time other than I would love to invite you to go on my website, thespiritualnomad.org and enter to win a book of your choice. So a lot of times people want to do book giveaways and they have a very specific book they're giving away, which is totally fine. Uh, but this is a giveaway that I am doing because I want to just honor whatever it is that has been on your reading list for quite some time that you've been meaning to get, but you haven't got. Um, so go there, spiritual nom thespiritualnomad.org, and join the mailing list. And that's the only thing that you have to do is join the mailing list in order to be enrolled into this giveaway that I'm doing. So the winner will be picked on November 15th, Friday, November 15th. So it's coming up pretty close here. Uh, we're in the end of October, so we're a few days before uh, Halloween. So if you're listening to this at a later date, sorry about that. But for those of you listening right now when this podcast is dropping, I highly encourage you to do that. And the reason for that, I just, I'm vulnerable, I'm transparent, not trying to sell email addresses here. Uh, what I am doing is I am gathering email addresses so I can keep you in the loop. I won't spam you. I believe spam is the work of Satan. If there is a Satan, that's another another podcast right there. But the point is, I'm not selling your information. What I'm doing is I'm getting together some contacts to let you know about things that I'm doing in 2020 because I have a lot of stuff going on. I have some things I'm very proud of that I'm very excited to launch that's happening in January. And the best way I feel like to let you know about that in the most honest, sincere, and concise, and professional, might I add, way is through your email. So the only thing you gotta do, the spiritualnomad.org, and you will have a little pop-up there and you can enter your email address and you'll be entered to win. And whoever wins, that'll be anonymous. Um, I will buy any book that you want uh, of the spiritual flavor. So any spiritual book you've been wanting, I will buy it for you because I love you and I care about you. And I want you to get that book, baby. I want you to have it. So at any rate, I think I've sold that hard enough. Uh, connect with me on Instagram too. As you can tell, I meet a lot of people there. So hope to meet you there. The underscore spiritual underscore nomad. And uh, we'll chat. We'll connect. It'll be fun. I'm going to stop talking and uh, get on to this interview or conversation rather that I have with Justin Foster or what my wife and I called him to each other for years is just simply Foster thinking. <laughs> All right, let's kick it with uh, Justin here. Awesome. So we are here on the Spiritual Nomad podcast with Justin Foster. And uh, I got to admit for a long time, my wife and I just referred to you as your handle Foster Thinking. Uh, and uh, I, we had no idea what Justin, uh, what your first name was. And um, so, but your handle Foster Thinking is what is um, just an amazing, amazing Instagram profile. We connected with you um, couple years ago. Uh, but just for the listeners, um, Justin, he does a lot of things. and I'm going to let him share about some of that. Uh, but one of the main things that 
is impactful for me is just seeing his journey literally handwritten through Instagram posts and you sharing your journey and uh, exploring what seems to be a, uh, a new way and a new path in your life uh, that may have been different from a previous uh, way of being. And so I'm excited to jump into that. So thanks for carving out a little bit of time and chatting with me here this morning, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. I've, I've loved the stuff that you guys post. Um, you know, the, the, the uh, tribe of, let's just call them, call it mystical Christians is pretty small. Yep. Um, and, uh, and so to meet, to connect with you via social and now like this is just an honor. And I hope it's one of many, many visits we have. So. Yeah, likewise. And so we originally, my wife and I somehow connected with you. We were doing, started to do a podcast. So I've been doing the spiritual nomad on and off since like February, 2017. And we decided to try to do like a a couple's podcast. Mm-hmm. And we started a thing called Common Conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched some we, of them. Yeah. 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 And we would just sit in our living room and we tried to have what was like, or, you know, were common conversations to us. But the problem is whenever you hit record and turn a bunch of bright lights on and put yeah. a camera there, they don't seem as common as they do. And you're just like, you know, right. hanging out in the kitchen, you know? Right. Uh, so we didn't stick with it long enough. I think, you know, it's something that could have been really good and well, but uh, maybe for another season, but that's how we connected with you. And then slowly like other social platforms started following like spiritual nomad, my personal one even. And I think I didn't really know who you were like at first. And it seems to me, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but over the past year, so that was like early spring in 2018, we started following you on Instagram. Right. Seems like more so over the past year in 2019, you've become more vocal online about more of a mystical understanding or, you know, you, you speak a lot about the ego and your writings and, you know, the true self, which is hitting home for me. And so is that something that has really came out more publicly throughout this past year or was I just missing something? <laughs> no, no. I, I think that's an interesting observation of where, you know, you, we kind of met in each other's trajectories. Um, right. So I, this may be a bit long winded, but I think it's good for context. So if you get bored, yeah. just interrupt me. And <laughs> so <laughs> I don't get bored, man. Too okay. easy with people's stories. So, so I've crossed a number. I'm probably 49 next week. And I've no way. Number, yeah. I've crossed a number of valleys, like the, the valleys of the shadows of death. Like yeah. I've crossed a number of valleys in my 49 years. And um, so raised in a uh, fundamentalist church. Um, uh, raised in it, um, met Lena, my, my partner slash wife. And we grew, we basically, I was 18 and she was 19 when we got married and the church was safe because we both had come from, um, a very unstable, unpredictable, um, you could say toxic, um, environments uh there's a level of abuse there um for both of us um mine a combination of physical and emotional abuse hers Mm -hmm. well she can tell her own story but a different kind of you know similar but not the same so this church i was raised in um and i stayed in i didn't leave it until 2016 now really my my body left in 2016 i think my soul started to leave um maybe about 2011. Mm. And so there were, there's some fundamental things about a fundamental church. I don't know if you've had much involvement with fundamentalism, but um, there's kind of three traits of fundamentalistic organizations. One is, is that the, um, that, that there's this chosen people like um, dogma that we're saved. We're the true church. Everyone else. I mean, it's kind of this escalation of like, well, if they're, yeah, there may be Christians, but they're not real Christians or they're atheists and, or they're secular and they're, and they're all going to hell, you know, that type of thing. Right. Um, so um, that's, that's one trait. The second trait is very um, obedience driven, very much about you, what the ministers say you do. What the, if the Bible says this, this is the way we do things. 
questioning those things is will get you a you know a kind of a passive aggressive talking to yep and and then the third trait that came from that is or the third like marker indicator of of a fundamentalist group is a um a devaluing of your essence mm. um a uh, expectation to stay small be small yeah and I chafed against all of those three traits my whole time, my whole existence, and, yeah. you know, going to that church. And it wasn't until t- January of 2016 where I walked away. But what happened to your point about this transformation is that I crossed this valley where the, it was a valley from fundamentalism to mysticism. Mm. And it was essentially the path unfolded before me. And I decided... I just felt this need and, and start really the first one I wrote was in the fall of 2014. I wrote amusing and I mm-hmm. shared it and, and then they pretty much come out of me every day since I don't share every day, but they come that something generally will come to me every day. And so, um, this, 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 um, this, this, this transformation went from leaving an old way and kind of healing from that old way. And then also being grateful for the old way, grateful that yeah. fundamentalism is a hell of a training ground to learn about the Bible. Like I, right. I can out Bible anybody. You can have like a PhD in theology and I'm going to know shit about the Bible that you, that you, that, you know, that most people don't. hundred percent. Yeah. The second thing is, is it wasn't evangelicalism. It isn't this sort of, heinous shiny bedazzled jesus that you see with like franklin graham and jerry falwell and um uh joel osteen these like to me like the prosperity doctrine bullshit it's none of right. none of that it was like the opposite of that it was very very simplistic we met in homes the ministers were unpaid it was very simple mm-hmm. so i learned to be grateful for those and then um i then then i learned to accept that I have been given a, basically a responsibility at, at, at where I'm at in my journey to share my insights. Mm-hmm. And that's around the time you came along where I, I, up until late 2017, it was more musings about my experiences. And then after early 2018 on into today, they're more just, I'm just more of a conduit. And my, 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 my favorite quote about where I'm at today, and I'll shut up, is by Hafiz, a Sufist. Yes. He said, I am the hole in the flute that the breath of Christ passes through. Hear my music. Mm. And that's the way I look at it. Like, I don't know how to describe it other than I am an instrument of, of God, the spirit, divine, whatever. I don't think he or she cares about title. Yes. Uh, and so good. I'm being used as an instrument to help people see their own divinity. Mm-hmm. I got a very clear message about the time that you and I connected that was when you, when you show someone their true self, you're introducing them to Christ. Yes. And, and it was like, is, is almost like an audible message. Mm-hmm. And so that's been my work, all of what I do, my branding work, my personal coaching work, my speaking, my writing is all about, is all about in, encouraging people to go inward to find out who they truly are. And then, and then just paraphrase John Eldridge, let the world, make the world react to you. Yes. Um, so anyway, that's the yeah. shortish version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's great. And I think that's exactly the same sort of revelations that I've come through being, you know, uh, a pastor and doing all that. And now ironically back on staff at a church and a weird, weird thing with all of that. Uh, I don't even know that I've like told people publicly on spiritual nomad about that whole ironic thing. Uh, at any rate, that was the same uh, revelation that was similar to mine. You know, it was, I tried to plant a church here in San Diego. It didn't go the way I wanted it to after a four month deep, dark depression and, you know, burning through all my savings and annoying my wife and kids with my, you know, uh, wallowing. Right. It was in a deep meditation uh, that I, I started to practice meditation at this point or centering prayer or, you know, contemplative prayer, whatever. I got a Richard Rohr book. And then it was like, all of a sudden I was, it's like all the shit that I had put on and I got down deep to the bottom 
I really became aware of what Paul said. And I had a lot of shit with Paul and I still do, but what he said, yeah, everybody does, man. I got in trouble kind of for saying Paul was full of shit in one of my early podcast episodes. So that was a whole nother deal. Um, But I just, I realized Christ in me, right. That that is a hope of, of glory. Right. And so like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, baggage. I know with, with that, whenever people hear that, but it's the same sort of thing. It's like the true identity, what's deep down in me, what's most true about my essence is the Christ, yes. you know, and that literally changed everything. Right. My and we're chapter. made, you know, it says we're made in his image. Um, yeah. And um, we, it, you know, um, one of the, so, so I, you know, I could do a whole episode just on my criticism of contemporary Christianity. <laughs> Uh, and one of them is this, we got to schedule that <laughs> yeah, worship of Jesus. Jesus yes. specifically said not to worship him. He's a model. He's a door. He's not, yes. you know, and he specifically said the glory goes to God. And then he said, you will do greater things than me. Right. He talks about that. Everybody's talking about like, you know, they, they, like it's similar, very similar in evangelicalism and fundamentalism. They focus way more on the crucifixion than the, the fact that um, Jesus proved that if you follow the your soul's path, you 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 will not die. Right. Um, you can't kill the soul. I mean, you, you can, but not that way. And anyway, nonetheless, <laughs> um, my issue with Paul too, just because this is fun. Um, Paul, Paul, here here's where here's where I am. I used to I, I used to be like suspicious of Paul when I was in the church. I didn't like his stuff, um, uh, and then. Um, and then I, then I began to understand Paul and Paul is like all thinkers was a dichotomy. Mm-hmm. So Paul was half mystic and half lawyer. Yes. And you could see now I can see when I read his stuff, like this is the lawyer talking, like when he's talking about how women should behave and the structure of a church and yeah. it's all, and sometimes he would give himself a caveat and say, well, this is my opinion, blah, blah, blah. Well then um, the earth that, you know, uh, fundamentalism's first form was the Catholic church. And then it, you know, t- took off from there. So fundamentalism says everything in the Bible is exactly what it is. And so if Paul said that women shouldn't wear makeup and gay people are bad, then that's the truth. Right. And I challenge all of that. Yeah. Because it's a, it's, it's not the way God operates and it's not the way where, like I said to someone a while ago where they were like offended that I said that Bible is not the only truth. And I said, right. do you really think that the creator of the universe would put everything in one book that was heavily edited by old white people, old white men back in 600 AD. Do you think he, that you think the God that created the universe would do that? Yeah. And they, they didn't like that. So they stopped talking to me, but <laughs> that is one thing. Like once you begin on more of an expansive path, you, you know, and what's funny is, is that people in more of evangelical or fundamentalism circle, they would say, oh, well, you're just changing because you're trying to be relevant or cool or trendy. And it's yeah. like, I don't know that you're aware or not, but this will actually make you a lot less friends way faster. You know, like whenever I rejected hell, right? So I, right. I rejected the notion of an eternal conscious torment. People are like, oh, you're just trying to be cool and hip. It's like, I don't know if you've seen a quote progressive church lately, but there's like, 30 people there that come sometimes like <laughs> there's no grass greener by like adopting a expansive view of right. doctrines. You yeah. Know? You, you, and you know, this is where, you know, I don't have a lot of direct personal experience, but I have a lot of indirect e- exposure to evangelical evangelicalism. And this is, um, it goes to this, that revelations do not happen in groups. Mm. They happen to individuals. And if you're in a state of constant stimulation, there's no room for a revelation. So what you think is the spirit of God moving you is a well-crafted production with a sound system and a score, and it's all bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it may make you a formulaic Christian where you're going to maybe be kind to your neighbors and you're going to work at the soup kitchen, and that's fine. It's better that than being an asshole. Right. But it doesn't mean that you've, you're awakened. It doesn't mean that your soul's awakened or you're identifying with your true self. You just created a, a, a different construct that you feel like you're okay with. Yes. Um, and that's the thing about any sort of uh, liberation or freedom. I was just talking to a, uh, 
on a podcast yesterday to someone about, you know, I believe that the gospel is liberation and freedom. Yes. The problem is not many of us know what to do with freedom and liberation. So we just exchange some sort of rigorous guidelines for another sort of seemingly guidelines that just kind of have a little bit of a value difference, you know, and it's like, we don't know how to truly be independently of that system. Yeah. And, 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 um, you know, Rohr talks a lot about this, but dualism and dualistic thinking and God do not get along. Mm. Um, and there's a third way. And so we're, we're told, okay, well, you, or do you go to church or are you, and, or you hear like, well, I'm, I'm spiritual, but not religious, you know, that type of thing. Or I'm, or I'm just a, you know, I'm like Sam Harris. I'm just a full on atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm think, I'm saying there's a third way and the third way is inward. And if you yeah. go inward, I believe, and this is why there's such, you know, there's basically 80% overlap between um, the teaching of teachings of Christ, the teachings of Buddha, Buddha the teachings of Muhammad, the Sufis teachings, you could, the Tao. Yes. Um, you could That's take, a big that, one. Yeah. yeah. That, that was the first one. You know, that was, that one's like six, 7,000 years ago. That, the, 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 you know, the, the mytho- mythological stories of Jewish history, all of that is about an 80% overlap which the ultimate conclusion is that the soul is meant to be free. Yes. And that when the ego controls you, you are in a type of torment. Yes. Um, That's why I say the closest to uh, being like what Jesus was probably like is probably Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Plain, sort of boring, (laughs) brilliant mystic because there's no pomp and circumstance to the way that he shares it he doesn't he doesn't proclaim to be a um uh, a christian or not i don't think but anyway my my, my point to, my point to all of that is if you go inward with a curious mind and a true desire to find out who you truly are you will get answers that you wouldn't get anywhere else yeah um, and that's, that's, why that's I, I reject all formulas I, I, for me I'm a libertarian politically and sort of societal libertarian, which is, Hey, if you want to go to church, go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, but if someone were to ask me, how did you do it? I did it by not going to church because yeah. I needed to do it the way that the, the early mystics went out to the desert and they just lived in the desert and they figured it out. And, or John Muir, who's one of my favorite mystics who, um, who Muir Woods is named after and other places. He said, I'd rather go to church. I'd rather go to the mountains and think about God than go to church and think about mountains. Ah, uh, yeah. And that's, 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 that's what I believe. Now that works for me because I'm able to create a type of church, which is a, you know, that of gathering of people by meeting people like you and yeah. other, you know, people that are, they're not just, you know, they're mystics and they're Christian or they're believers. Um, so I, I have a couple of friends and then just some friends that are just straight up mystical. They're just, they're, maybe they don't say, they don't identify as, following a follower of Christ. But that's my church. Yeah. That that group of people that I get to meet with um and talk to. That's that feeds me. Yeah. Let me ask you when you said that your body left in 2016 from the church or the institution, but your soul left more in like 2011. What was some of the just what was going on like in your mind, your heart? your soul that was, that led to that, you know? And if you say Rob Bell's book, Love Wins, then no, <laughs> that came out in 2011. No, no, no there, was no, there was no book. Yeah, yeah, what, what was, was no some book. of that? I'm um, curious. Yeah, so I, I felt a, I was convinced because of my childhood, uh, I, this programming, that there was something wrong with me. So I got that programming from, family. And then I got that programming from the church, like of the mm-hmm. concept of sort of watch out for the flesh or the original sin and, and all that stuff that is about as unchristlike as you can get. And um, so, so I had this, this narrative or this kind of structural belief that there was something wrong with me and that staying in this church was the only path to some sort of redeeming life. Mm. in 2011 20 late 2010 i had a complete mental breakdown Mm. and i started going to therapy i started examining what i believe i basically started to 
look at everything I thought I believed and ask, do I really believe that? Do I really believe that? And that led to then maybe doing a little bit of reading, a little bit of, you know, like I, 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 I never thought at the time that I was going to leave the church. And then in early 2014, April of 2014, I had a full on spiritual awakening. Like it just like, boom, happened all at once. What were some and, of the, the stuff around that? Like, if you don't mind, elaborate don't, on what yeah, that was like. Anything. It's 2014 was a pivotal year in many ways, but it was the, it was like this, you know, I think there's, there's, there's a, there's always a gap between what's going on kind of behind the scenes and then our conscious mind. Mm -hmm. And it was like my conscious mind caught up with this inner cracking open. And, um, and I, I was in the gym, I was working out. Um, I, it was a regular day of working out. And I had, I looked up in the mirror and I saw a lion in my face. I saw my mm. face as a lion and everything changed after that. And Lena wow. saw it. She was terrified because she, she thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to, you know, this life that we had built that I wasn't very happy in, but I figured out, well, this, if there's something wrong with me, this is the height of what I'm going to be happy with is this arrangement, this situation. My younger son my older son was out of the house at the time. My younger son was kind of freaked out and, you know, about, cause they could, it was palpable. It was obvious that something had changed in me. Like what was some of the, like, how could they tell? Like was it just in your demeanor and your speech? It was, um, yeah, it was a, it was a, um, a complete, like, um, what's the word? It was an intensity of, it was an intensity of, um, of spirit. Like my mm -hmm. energy changed and I was, I became like a fully formed grown ass man, like yeah. in that moment. And, and so I, I look at this as kind of two revelations. The first one being a revelation of my own worth. That's what happened there. And then a revelation of my path or my mission that came later. Mm -hmm. um, another pivotal moment is this church has an annual church, have annual church camps around the world um, for like, like four days. And there was one where I was living in Idaho and we went, I went, we'd been going to it for every year for 25 years. And I went and I was, I'd, after this is always, so I had this awakening in April, the church camp was in June in that April to June. It was just this like, like you talked about, like torment. It didn't manifest as depression for me, even though sometimes it has, it manifested primarily as anger, mm. angry at, being deceived and the feeling like I wasted a bunch of time and blah, blah, blah. So I'm sitting in this barn, this onion barn, a thousand people. And the, one of the, the ministers of the format is everyone sits and the ministers go up on a platform and they share a message anywhere from depends who it is from like five minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, and you do that every day, three times a day. It's very immersive. Um, and this old, um, old, just kind of classic old minister gets up and he starts talking about how women are responsible for their appearance of not being a temptation to men. Now, this is not a new message. I heard that shit for years. And so did yep. Lena, who was a part of it and left about a year after I did about this, like women are dangerous. Femininity is dangerous. Which right. St. Augustine's doctrine, not Jesus's. Yes. And um, so I, I'm sitting there and I'm sitting here, Linda's sitting next to me, Caden, my younger son's here. And I'm, and I, and I sit upright in my, like in the bench and I have to literally c cover my mouth to not shout that's wrong. Mm. And she looks at me and she's like, she, you know, still at this point, she's like in this two months, like she, what, what's going on with Justin? Yeah. And I got up and I ran outside and I vomited really and and it was like i just vomited and i didn't go back in and it was it was um then we moved to austin and there was a whole other chapter that we can get to it maybe at some point but that was that was the separation i i i will tell you this look that i thought that maybe it was just the church in idaho and that maybe when i get to texas and to austin maybe it would be different it was even more stodgy and unbending and stuck in its ways than it was in Idaho. Mm. Um, and so I went for a couple of years after maybe about a year and a half after we moved here, I went and one day I was sitting there and 
I was like, this is, I, my soul is going to starve to death. Mm. So pretty much every Sunday since then. So we're coming up on four years. Not, I would say if they're, if they're 12, if there's 48 Sundays in the year, I don't know what the number of Sundays there are, but let's just say that uh, if there's 48 Sundays in a year, 40 of them. I, I go out into nature for two, three hours and I read and I pray and I write, and I talk to God, I immerse myself in nature. And that's my spiritual practice from a, from an appointment standpoint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So your Sunday morning appointment is not in a building, but rather in yeah. nature, rather in nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and I, that. when I don't do it, you know, I used to think, well, maybe it's just the conditions and everything. Or I was just felt free because I wasn't sitting there, you know, feeling like I was going to starve to death. But I, when I don't do it, I'm less fed. It's there's a, there's a lack of nourishment. That's even yeah. if I'm doing daily practices to not go out and have this dedicated time to, to, you know, I think we're always connected to God. So it's more of like an emergence of what feels disconnected or a, a removal of what feels disconnected mm-hmm. and being in nature and reading and you know, I, 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 reading not scripture necessarily, even like I'm right now, I'm reading a book of Walt Whitman poems because he mm-hmm. was so connected to nature and people that are connected to nature are connected to God. So Totally. Yeah. And I think that's what God gave us to experience him and to know him. And that, you know, people say like the Bible, right? I'm like, no, God gave us the universe, the world to know him, not the Bible. I mean, sure. The Bible is a piece of it. Right. But if you really, really want to know, uh, I mean, in my opinion, I would be in the same boat with you. Like for me, so like for a while, I felt like there was so much going on and Every afternoon, uh, not every afternoon, but a few afternoons a week, I would just, luckily we, we live right by the ocean. So I would just have to go swim and the water's nice and warm in August, September, early October. And once I would get in there and dive under a wave, all of a sudden, like I would feel the Holy Spirit. It was like the most bizarre thing. And it's yeah. what I, it was like, my soul was craving this connection back to creation. Yes. And like, it was in that moment that like everything it felt like symbolically as the wave would come over, it was washing away and like God was filling me, you know, and that was for a season. It's not every week now, but for a good six weeks, I needed that. Like my soul needed it. You know, what I need now um, is I need, um, uh, 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 I need solitude. I need stillness and I need silence. Mm -hmm. And so nature, going out into nature by myself gives me all three of those. And so that's part of it. You know, I'm learning to just sit quietly. Like it, I had a, a three-year lesson to learn how to wait. Mm. And then I've had a two-year lesson to learn how to be still. And I'm an amateur at both. But, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, the, they're this essence of, essence of um, what really what really what what ultimately what really matters is that we are connected to our own divinity which means we're connected to Christ or God and God we're part of the divine dance as Richard Rohr talks about that's yes. only one half of the equation the mm-hmm. other half of the equation is personal mastery yeah and that's what basically what Jesus taught that there was stuff that you need to uh, surrender and there's stuff you need to work on yes and really, it's mastery of the ego and surrender of the soul, if I was to put it in simplistic terms. I love that. Um, and we've, we have to master our ego or it will own us. Yeah. Um, our ego makes a great employee, but it's a terrible boss. Mm. Um, and I find that most Christianity, most Christianity is an ego management system. It's not for the soul. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Right. It's, it's like putting, it's putting lions in cages rather than learning how to understand lions. Yeah. And that's essentially, I forget where I heard this, but they were saying that institutions do a really great job of just getting you in and clipping your wings. Yeah. And, just- and, and I used to be angry about that. I'm not angry about, I'm angry about some things. I mean, I'm angry about the, um, the, the, the conservative Christians endorsement of someone as heinous as Trump. Yeah. yeah, you talk about a great reckoning um, coming to the, that group of people for this type of 
you know, worship of power in the name of yeah. Jesus, which is exactly the opposite of what he taught. But anyway, that's maybe another podcast. <laughs> but, uh, <And> a good one. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun. Um, what I, I was angry about that for a while because it was like a type of deceit to me about um, about this, like, you know, that the church is a necessary, you know, the church is where you go to find salvation. Let's just put it that way. Then I look at it from a historical perspective. You know, we've been as a as a as a as a as a as a planet, as humanity, as a human race, we've been sort of work slowly working our way up Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah. And when you're down in the survival and acceptance levels of Maslow's hierarchy, which is still very, very many people on the planet, you need a system that kind of keeps people together. Um yeah. does that justify the crusades and the treatment of the natives, or the endorsement of slavery, the turning the other eye away from the Nazis. No, it doesn't apologize for any of that. But it was a system that was necessary to get, get us here. Yeah. Um, and, and I personally believe that we don't need, really need a system anymore. If you're, if you're the further, let's put it this way. This is why mystics are a threat to two institutions. They're a threat to governments and a threat to churches. Because if you're pretty high up Maslow's hierarchy, if you're up in the self-actualization level, you don't you need a lot less government and a lot less church. Yep. And they run on need and dependency, those two institutions do. Right. And they they trap you. So one of the classes we're doing here at, at the church is called Outgrowing Immature Religion. Hmm. That's the name of the class. And essentially what we're you know uh, presenting to people is religion needs to keep you in more earlier stages. Mm -hmm. of a of of a growth of a essentially a human and spiritual development to right. keep the sense of dependency and they literally flourish on that and thrive on that and have to create a doctrine and enforce a doctrine to keep you in a particular area to keep you needing us and i love like you know i'm a big fan of alan watts mm -hmm. and like a few of his talks that i've listened to at the beginning he just essentially takes it and says you guys can take from this what you will what you have, because I'm not here to construct any sort of new narrative for you. Right. I'm here to help free you and liberate you. And to me, that's the gospel. Um, it is. It is about freedom. I totally, I totally agree with that. And um, I'm not, you know, where I find myself now in this journey is um, I'm moving from, I'm on the other side of the valley, mm -hmm. across the valley. And it doesn't appear that my role is to be a teacher. I have no real, like, other than sometimes in an egoic way, a need to start a church, start a group, start a podcast. I have no need to do that. It's not a dry a, a need for me. What I, what, I, what I want more than anything is I want, I'm looking for bigger stages to share the message that you are priceless. Yeah. Because if I can start there, if I can get people there, there that in the sense of inspire them to go inward and look, find the pearl, as I call it. Yeah. Um, that's when good things happen. I mean, it, it, would tra it transforms businesses. Um, you know, my whole work as a brand coach is around showing the outer world, your inner world. Yeah. So you got to do the inner work. if You want the outer brand. Yeah. Um, and it's all, it's all related these these there used to be such great separation and distance between relationships and work and self and now they're they're like a jazz band you know they're individual but and there's some fun there's some structural elements but it's making sweet music yes and um so i i feel also a deep need to create so i'm mm -hmm. writing i'm i've been kind of had a um if you read Stephen Pressfield's stuff, um, but he wrote more of art and other books yes. around yeah. about, you know, being a creative. But I, I'm working on a memoir. And really? It's a spiritual awesome. memoir. Yeah. It's uh, basically taking what we've been talking about and giving it, like, it's a memoir of my spiritual journey through the lens of experiences. And so I talk, a lot of the stuff we're talking about today I, I, is in there, but with a lot more detail. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know why I need to write it. It just it's a call, it's a calling or an urge or like a, like a thing I need to do. 
I love that. I, I want to certainly uh, hear a little bit more about it. And if you don't mind, as we wrap up here, um, for people that are in like uh, systems of faith right now, uh, that maybe are where you were at in 2011, or even maybe they're approaching where you were at in 2016. I know I don't have a whole lot of time to, you know, uh, take this and take this out of the box and play with it. But oh, yeah. oh, okay. some of your, um, I don't know, just encouragement to them or words of wisdom or just people that are trying to, they might be entering more of a nomadic place, essentially, you know? Yeah. Um, so um, faith is not in certainty. It's in the uncertainty. And so if you have certitude, you don't have faith. Mm. It's not faith. And a, right. and a realization of that, it's like, it's like having this awakening of the difference between codependency and a real relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and it's maybe a type of faith, and maybe that sounds harsh, but it's accepting, as uh, Pema Chodron refers to it, as the eternal groundlessness of life. It's, it's this understanding that, that God is in the uncertain things, not in the certain things. And we've been taught in church that God is certain, and, and all the things that are uncertain are a threat to that certainty. And it's the exact opposite. Right. It's the exact opposite. That's, so that's number one. Number two is write all your questions down. Mm. Keep a journal, an Apple note, uh, however you want to do it, and write your questions down. Write them down because wisdom arrives as a question. Wisdom does not arrive as an answer. Hmm. So it arrives as a question. Jesus was a master at asking questions. Yes. Um, and so that's number two, as far as like a thing to do. The third is probably the most bold. Um, you know, Jesus said no greater love than is no man than someone that lays down their life for their friend. He also said, love your neighbor as yourself. So you may need to lay down, you will very likely need to lay down or sacrifice the life you created so you can have the life that you want, that you're supposed to have. Mm. And so the practical aspect of that is examining your coping mechanisms. Coping mechanisms at a biological level and a psychological level are designed to keep us alive. They're not to be used to keep a of life we're not supposed to have alive. Mm. And if church is a coping mechanism, there's something wrong. Mm. It's that simple. And if, because, um, you know, Jesus's life is proof that if you want your new life, you got to kill your old life. Yes. It's, that's, it's proof of that from, a, right. from, from the story of resurrection and redemption and all that. So it's, it's uh, maybe this is kind of wrapping it all up is, my realization in that, in that time between really 2014 and 2016 was the truth is unbreakable. If it's true, it's unbreakable. If God is real, my doubt in him does not diminish him at all. He might yeah. find it amusing. You know, <laughs> if Jesus was the son of God or not the son of God, if I don't love myself and love other people, it doesn't matter. Right. So what I say to people pretty frequently is light it all on fire. Light it all on fire. Light everything on fire. And what's true will remain. Mm. And if it wasn't true, if it was a movie, sometimes I call it the movie set, is you got to burn the movie set down because mm. most of us have a constructive movie set of these roles that we're playing. Oh, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a Christian. I'm an accountant or whatever you're, you know. They're just roles in a movie. And you yes. burn that shit down and the truth emerges. Yes. And it is, you know, it's like, I don't know who said it, but they say the truth, the, before the, the truth will set you free, but before that, it'll wreck your life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the other ending, yeah. first it will piss you off, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, so I love it. That's, that's, that's where I'm at is um, in that, um, in, in that's just, I don't know if that's advice or counsel, just observations or suggestions or, or considerations um, to, to, to this this process of a spiritual journey yeah yeah that's one, i think it's one, really one more luke there is no finish line mm. there is no finish line you're not done you're never done it would, uh michelangelo's last words were allegedly i still have so much left to learn mm. um we're never done it's iterative because god is an artist and all art is iterative the creation of the art is iterative right um you know van gogh said i never finished a painting i just stopped painting it 
So yeah. good. And that's us. We're art. We're, yes. we're art. Our lives are supposed to be art. That's what separates us from the animals is that we're art and art is iterative. And if you start to let your ego talk you into finding a finish line, at best you'll achieve some sort of mildly mild level of suburban happiness. Mm. <laughs> That's the height that yeah. it's supposed to be, you know, it says, you know, the son of God became the son of man. So the son of men can become the son of God. That's mm. where we're supposed to be. We're yeah. supposed to be in the divine dance with the father, the son, and the spirit. Yeah. And you don't get there by playing small. Mm. So good, man. You're preaching to me right now. So <laughs> I'm like eating it up because that's exactly a lot of this is where I'm at right now. And, yeah, and like uh, largely too, because I'm 29, I'll be 30 in a few weeks. And a couple weeks, November 2nd. Ah, October 26th. So we're both, oh. we're both Scorpios. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. And, um, you know, it, it's like, am I supposed to have accomplished something by now? And it's like, you know, it's, a lot of people are scared of those milestone ages, you know, 30 being one, you know, cause you're like an adult, like really apparently or whatever. And it's like, I'm actually more free from any of that than ever, because I realize even these milestones are just something that is illusion and made up and there's no finish line or checkpoints or anything. And there is like different stages of human development that I'm aware of, but like, I'm, I'm certainly like exactly wrestling with what is it that is the life that I should or could be living yeah. um, and burning down. I think I'm at the tail end of like burning all the shit down to get down to the real brass tacks of like, well, what is truly down in there that wants to emerge? Right. And um, it's I, my, my, you know, I'm being 21, almost 21 years ahead of you. I, yeah. I think I did the math right there. Um, yeah, uh, is the Western mind has been told that time is a continuum, that there's some sort of predestination of where we're supposed to be. The natives, the Native Americans believe that time was a carpet or a rug that was unrolling. Mm. And that unrolling or unfolding is far more close to what I think the way God sees time. So everything as everything right now you know, it's be, you know, it's be still and know that I am God. It's that concept of everything you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be and mm -hmm. letting it unroll. And faith rarely comes, the light that comes from faith rarely shines more than a few steps ahead. Yeah. And so just keep, I, I absolutely believe that God, providence, abundance, whatever you want to say, is very attracted to courage. Mm. And if you keep taking steps forward in ex exploration of all what you're talking about, it will unfold, but there's nothing more that you need to do or be because you're perfect already in the sense yeah. of at a minimum, if I don't know about saved by grace, I don't know if that's a thing for real, but if, if it's true, then we got nothing to worry about. We're going to be okay. Yeah. Such an encouragement, man. This whole episode has been so good and I really appreciate you taking time to yeah. chat with me and um, it's been fun being Instagram friends Yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to more. And if you're ever, Ever in Southern California, would love yeah, to hang absolutely. out. Or if you're ever in Austin, you know, um, yeah, I'd love to, you know, there's a fairly decent number of mystical believers here. Um, really? Yeah, like Jen Hatmaker's based here. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, um, a few others that are, um, you know, there's some, there's, some, there's some infrastructure here for people that think like us, that believe like us, so... I love it, man. There's yeah. a wave that's happening and um, it, there's a tidal wave that's coming. And I think we're just at the the very beginning origins of it. Yes. And uh, I'm excited for, for people like you and Jen Hatmaker and this whole, uh, right. I think, new, new era. Yeah. Rachel, Rachel Held Evans. Um, yeah. You know, then you have your, your, your kind of your old school, Bob Goff, Rob Bell a little bit. I'm not yeah. necessarily a big fan of his, but you know, he's provocative. Uh, Bob Goff or Rob Bell? Rob Bell, yeah. I'm so, curious. I would love to know why you're not a big fan of his. Um, because I believe that much of what he shares is the is, – is, I like people like Bob Goff or Richard Rohr that present a concept and leave it open for interpretation. Mm. And I feel like Rob frequently is um, – 
trying to make a point to be mm. right as a really to present an idea and let people figure it out interesting that's what i pick up i don't know the man he might be yeah that just no no no, no. I, I yeah I, the reason i wanted to ask that is because and i know we're, we're wrapping up yeah. the podcast right now but like it seems like um i've never and I like Rob Bell, of course, and I listen to his stuff. And he's an Enneagram 7 like me, so I think I, I connect with him, you know, on that level. But, like, um, you and then one other uh, friend of mine, actually the pastor of the church here, he's like, yeah, I like Rob, but he has, like, a bunch of caveats after that, you know? That's how I feel, yeah. I have caveats after that, but I have that about a lot of people because we're all flawed. Yeah. You know, people, talk, people say, like, well, the news is biased. I'm like, we're all biased. Right. Yeah, we're all biased. Bias is part of the ego. We all have an ego. So let's just right. like, so people are going to have like their own opinions and that's okay. It's just, I'm maybe overly sensitive to doctrine, opinion presented as doctrine. Mm, yeah. As opposed to wisdom just presented. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. That's right, So well, where people can find you, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I know we didn't really get the chat about yeah. your business and what you do. Um yeah, we'll certainly do that. But where can people hang out and uh, learn more and find eventually um, your timeline? I don't know what it is for your memoir, but yeah, uh, it'll be out next next fall probably. Um, so yeah, Foster Thinking is my handle on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you, you, you can I'm pretty I'm pretty accessible. You can friend me on Facebook. I accept most people unless you're weird. Uh, creepy. Not That's why you didn't accept mine. I get it. I don't remember you even kidding. <laughs> And, uh, but, uh, so, and then you can go to the two websites that are the best to kind of understand who I am and what I do. My personal site is fosterthinking.com. And that's more of, um, a sharing of my ideas around spirituality and leadership and whatnot. And then my business that I own with my partner, business partner, Emily is called root and river. And we practice something called intrinsic branding, which is helping people, um, like we believe that all brands should feel like a spiritual experience and because mm-hmm. it, because of that connectedness. And so we coach people and organizations on how to be a spiritual experience as a brand, essentially. I love that. And I'm super curious about more of that, that I'll yeah. pick your brain about it. Time. <laughs> another, another time, Justin, thanks for being on spiritual nomad podcast, man. I appreciate it. It was fun.